This is a HeadGum Podcast. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. This is a show. If I step a stone, should I let go? Should I let go? Should I go slow? Cause I gotta know. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's like I <laughs> that that theme song intro like is so not on the vibe of what the podcast is anymore. It's actually pretty crazy because when <laughs> I listen back to it, I'm like, this is so cute, but this doesn't even remind me of you. No, like when I listen to it, I'm not like, this is Megan Batum. You know, it's crazy because that was when it was like a comedy podcast. Yes, like I started this podcast. As a comedy advice podcast. Yes. And then it like transformed into what it became through like my involvement. Yeah. And I just never changed the theme song. So it's just, it's just like it, incongruent. I feel like you went from this is not meant to be an insult. <laughs> but I feel like you went from yellow to beige. Ooh. How is that an insult? Beige is my favorite color. I am I the sand. No, You are beige. But it sounds like it sounds oh, like rude. drabby. Yes. But that's not what I mean. No. I definitely mean like you added some some creme. Yes. To your palette. A little creme caramel. Yes. Yeah. It feels like um, it, it's just like honed in a little bit. Yeah. Honed in and like tuned down. Yeah. Well, because that's the other thing of like being on the internet for so long and starting when I was like 21, maybe. Wow. G- literally grew up wow. in videos. But at that time, it was like you were expected to be really like out there and crazy and getting views because you were doing something like pranks were huge then. Oh my God. And challenge videos. And it was just like, do you remember where we met? Do we meet in a dance studio? No. On a video shoot? Yes. For Dominic? Yes. Which one? Now at a dancer. Now at a dancer. Yes. Oh my God. And you had really good FaceTime in that one. FaceTime? Specifically. <laughs> yes, I had bangs. <laughs> but that was definitely the style. Like it was all about like how obnoxious and weird and funny and out there can I be because yeah. I'm so cool. But that's, when you look at like YouTube thumbnails, everyone's yes. like, <gasps> like making a crazy face because yes. like that's clickable. It was just like, ugh. I didn't enjoy that like time of media, but like that's when I started. And so it was always about being like loud and obnoxious. And then the more I found myself and also like understood what people listening wanted to hear, then I was like, oh, I understand. I I understand this direction. And before it was like, I don't know, you're trying to, you're trying to make something that you think people want versus listening to what people actually want. Which is crazy because it's just you. Yep. Like, can you just be yourself? Maybe. When I realized that being yourself 
was the key to everything, that shit rocked my world. Yes. Because before, I was trying so hard. I was trying so hard to be smart and funny and inspiring and non-offensive. And it was all these things. And like putting all those things on me was basically putting like track, uh, what are those things called? And when you're running track, you jump over them. Oh, hurdles. Like the hurdles. Yeah. I was like putting hurdles in front of myself. So I couldn't run straight because yeah. I was putting those there. If I didn't put those and I just ran straight on the fucking track, things would have been really I smooth. I just have this visual of like you running down a track field and then like another you like coming out and just literally placing the <laughs> yeah. hurdle. And you're like, what? You're like, what? You were supposed <laughs> to be on the same team. <laughs> So you're like, uh, okay, like jump over the hurdle, keep running. Another one runs out and you're like, uh, oh, okay. I guess. By the end, you're just tripping over the hurdles because mm-hmm. you're like, I'm tired of jumping over these. I'm tired. Yeah, I'm working yes. against myself. I was yeah. in my own way. Yes. Ugh, annoying. Anyway. Well, welcome here to beige. Welcome here. Welcome to beige. Ugh, what a beautiful um, pre-tangent. This is the last episode of just a tip podcast i am your ex-host no (laughs) (laughs) i'm here with my beautiful 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 friend taylor i really wanted her to host this episode because i feel so connected to you and our journey and our path and every time that I would be very authentic on this podcast, you would reach out mm. and we would have, mm. you know, a little banter, a little conversation. And it was always like, you're going through what I'm going through. Yes. It was almost like kismet yes. in a way. And you're so attentive and so intelligent and in tune with your emotions that it didn't feel right to ask anybody else. That's so sweet. And for everybody listening, I'm an avid Manga Batoon <laughs> fan, big stan over here. Listen big to stan. every episode. I was trying to go back and like, you know, I was coming up with questions to ask mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, let me go find a podcast maybe I haven't listened to <gasps> yet before. All played. Oh Literally my God. All played. I actually blew myself away seeing <laughs> that I had listened to every single one. I was like, no, really, I am actually a fan. That's amazing. Yes. And it's, I'm a fan because it, it keeps getting better. Mm. Like, I definitely, I was in the, I feel like I was in a similar boat as you when, even when I first went on to mm-hmm. the podcast, I was such a different person. Yeah. Thank God we're both yeah. who we are now um but yeah you've you've just grown so much over the years and it it really has turned from a fun easygoing podcast to like I'm gonna relate to something and be able to take something away and feel affirmed Mm. and walk away with this feeling good rather than oh that was cute that's a thing in the beginning I mean when I started the podcast I didn't really have an idea what I was doing right like I had just I had just been on a podcast at HeadGum one of my, like my, oh my two, gosh. like, this is a head gun podcast. Yeah. My two, like <laughs> comedy idols. Like it, w- it went so well. It was so fun. I'd never done a podcast before. And yeah. they were like, you should do your own. And I was like, yeah, cool. Like, what's it about? You know, like, and I feel like when I'm starting a creative endeavor from like, oh, I want to do this thing. What is it about? Mm-hmm. That, that never works out really for me until it finds its own footing. Yeah. Like even with a Netflix show, it was the first season 
no one knew what was happening. And our EP, our executive producer always said like the show finds itself. Season one shows always will become what they become naturally. And that's kind of what happened with the podcast and also like the YouTube channel. If you allow yourself to just actually go with what's happening and put that out, then I think like real change and real things could be made. In the beginning, I was doing advice. So I, you know, we were helping as much as we could because we weren't experts and we were just telling stories and, you know, telling jokes here and there until it was like, when I started thinking about like how long media is going to last, that why not make something that actually should last yes and has wow. evergreen quality to help people years down the road right that that's why i like sex in the city to be honest because like yes these people like i watch it when i was 25 i watch it when i was right. 30 like you can still learn so much because they're dealing with problems that are ubiquitous regardless of yes. what age you are yeah wow that's beautiful <laughs> Well, on that note, I have some questions for you. Oh my God. Okay, let's go. These were not Instagram asked questions. These were thought out at um, when I was in my Pitta dosha state. Okay, so so when you're in Pitta, that is fire. So this was around 10 to 2 p.m. It sure was. You know, my favorite (laughs) Pitta stage is when I should be sleeping and dreaming. Uh But Instead, I... Night owl stage, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, I mean, my first question is pretty simple, which is just, what have you learned most from hosting this podcast? Oh, my gosh. You know what? I Two things come to mind. I remember my friend John, who's a stand-up, talked to me one time and said that, like, he complimented me on when I wasn't trying and he, it was like an offhanded comment of, of like, you're the best when you don't plan like what you're going to say, which is crazy because when I grew up, I was always planning something. That was the way that I could like have control. Like again, I'm Pitta. Like I need everything to be color coded and in its place. And so when he said that, I was like, huh, that's interesting. Cause He's so good at like off the cuff, you know, all standups kind of have to have this like banter on stage. And when he said that, like, I am good when I am not trying and I'm just going with the flow, that was interesting to me. And then when I hosted a live show in Chicago, oh my God, I had like the craziest panic panic attack backstage because I was so nervous that it wasn't going to go well. I had flown out. I mean, I didn't fly out all these people. I flew out one person. Um, But then uh, some of my other friends that I invited came to be on stage. Like four of my funniest comedy friends. Of course. Because I was like, if I have four, it was three comedy friends of mine. If I have three comedians and me on stage, I'm not going to fail. Because I have these people to fall back on that can, they can host a show in their sleep. And so it was so eye-opening because the day before we were watching other people do a live show and they had like such funny questions but like their podcast was comedy and honestly like all of HeadGum's podcasts are comedy and that's where mine started but that's not where it ended and I think this was a pivotal moment of like learning that it doesn't need to be what everybody else's podcast was because I had pre-written all these funny questions where it's like hang on it's a live show the audience are the listeners. Why am I not asking questions from the audience and doing yeah, a live wow. show? Wow. And so we we did that. And all the questions that were coming up were like 
really feely, sensitive, like intelligent, like human questions. And I was like, wow, I really was going to steer it in the non-helpful direction. So to answer the question, like, I think I learned um, what people actually are wanting. Right. They, They don't want I mean, if they want to laugh, there's a million other podcasts where they can find that. But like, if you really want to relate to someone and have some sort of connection of like what it's like to be painfully human, like this was the place you went, I felt like. Because I, by the end of it, I was just like so transparent. Like I literally like said on one of the podcasts that I had hemorrhoids and it's like, this is real. Right. You know, like I, I think I'm so sick of editing myself out to be likable. Wow. That I don't care if you like me because this is what's happening and this is who I am. Yes. It's like that quote, uh, don't try to get everybody to like you because you don't even like everybody. Yeah. And if you get, if you try to get everyone to like you, nobody's going to like you because you're watering some version of yourself down to be palatable for somebody else. Right. When it's like, nah, people aren't going to like you. Right. And I think like for a while that was so hard for me to hear because I wanted to be liked. You know, when you're making videos and you're making a living off of the views you're getting, you want to get more views. Well, I guess you can get like hate views and you're still getting paid, but like, I don't want to get hate views. Exactly. I just, I wanted to be loved by whoever I met. Right. Whether that's people on the internet or in real life. And so that was like really, that was really hard. I would like craft text messages in my notes app before I sent them. Feel that. (laughs) Might still do that. I'm not 30 yet. (laughs) I'm not there. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, especially to crushes. It was always to crushes where I was like, got to make sure I'm like, all the punctuation is right. Like proofreading, redrafting. Like I'm just too tired now. Oh my gosh. Good for you. (laughs) We need a break and a nap. Okay. Um, My next question kind of answered itself, which was in what ways are you different now? Which there's... I feel like a multitude of ways, yeah. but I feel like you love yourself yeah. more now than I've ever seen you love uh-huh. yourself. Uh-huh. Do you feel like that's correct? Yeah. I think the first step to loving myself was like being comfortable in the parts of me that I like. Yeah. Because in the beginning it was like, I don't like this about me. I'm going to cut this out because that's annoying. And I'll still cut things out when I say like or um too much and it's like okay no one's listening yeah but I'm not editing out like my feelings or my thoughts anymore if I think that someone's not going to resonate with it you know what I posted a video the other day and I was like a little upset because I was talking about you know my journey my like learning who I am journey and all the resources that got me there and I know that some people are not going to resonate with that however the video is not for those people. And I think I've been really grappling with that of, especially being online, like I'll put what I want to put out because it's helpful to me, Mm -hmm. which means it's probably helpful to somebody else. And so if it's not helpful for you, keep it moving and find someone that is helpful for you instead of me trying to satiate everyone's need. Wow. I'm like, I'm a person. Yes. I don't think people remember that. Yes. That like social media people are people. Yeah. Just take the social media out. They're still people. Yes. And I don't know. I think when I started to get more comfortable in who I was through all that self-development work and 
really just trusting myself. That was a huge thing. Going back to when my friend John was like, when you just talk, you're, you're better. Like he didn't say right. it like that. But when I'm not trying to plan everything like that I'm saying. Memory. Trust yeah. that you got it already. Yes. In your bones. Yes. Oh my God. I went to a doctor the other day um, and she had said something to me. She gave me this quote actually. And she, it, I forget exactly the, the exact words, but the sense of it was, um, a, a bird can like be on a branch and not be freaking out that it's obviously it's not the right words because I'm saying it like this. <laughs> it's like this old adage. So a bird is, can rest on a branch, not trusting that the branch isn't going to fall, but trusting itself to be able to fly when the branch could fall. Oh my God. And I was like, yeah, that's a beautiful quote. Yeah, if I had, you know, remembered it right, it yeah, would have been more wow. beautiful. <laughs> it, it, honestly, it still hit. Yeah, it still hit. Um, but it's true. Like once I wow. uh, once I realized that I could trust myself to be authentically me, then things got easier. It was that same right. like track running metaphor of just like, just get out of your own way and run. So that is a good question, I guess, is how do you get out of your own way mm. when you're feeling like, you think you're doing your best. Mm -hmm, you always and do. then you realize once you take a step back, like, oh, I'm actually not doing my best. I'm running a hundred miles in the wrong direction. Mm -hmm. How do you what what is that point that's like, damn, I gotta take a step back and actually figure this out for myself and get out of my own way? I think for me, it was every time I burned out was like yep it was a, a memo. Yeah. Like it was like a violation. Yes. It is a violation. Oh, like you're, wow. <laughs> you're getting like a parking ticket for not stopping. Wow. An anti-parking ticket. Yes. Like you need to park. And it feels like, yeah, it feels like every time I, I got burnt out, I was like being handed literally like an eviction notice of just like, you got to get out of this. Yes. Like you're being forced out for a reason. And I just continued to burn out. And I thought that was just normal. Mm -hmm. I thought that was like, I don't know. I mean, like hustle culture, it just feels like that's inevitable. Yeah. And so I would burn out and then I would like have a breakdown and kind of get better enough to work hard again to burn out. Yeah. And I was like, damn, this is like continually happening. Why? And then I think that was the, the moment where I was like, I've got to take a real step back and take inventory of my life yep. of why I keep burning out. Like, what are these thoughts in my head that make me think I need to work so hard? What is the goal that I'm trying to reach? Why do I need to get there so fast? Right. And like when I'm asking myself all these questions and like really just taking stock, I think that's when I realize like, oh, I don't need that. Oh, this is um a limiting belief that is not helping me. Oh, this is something. And I like hate to always like bring it back to trauma. But like when you do have trauma and it makes you think a certain way about yourself that helps you get through that. Yep. And then years, decades down the line, you're still operating from that same mentality that is definitely not even, it doesn't even make sense anymore, right. but it's so deep seated in you that it's just, you feel like it's part of who you are. Exactly. Then you're like, mm, that's actually not my voice. Right. Why do I need to be working so hard? I don't. That's right. not my voice. And so from deciding whose voice it was, I was realizing that it wasn't my voice. And so that was like a, once I'm like slashing and dashing all these other people's like beliefs on me, 
then I could decide like, what do I actually believe and want for myself? Yeah. And that's what I'm going through now. And it's like such a painful transition, but I'm grateful because there's no way that I could continue to live like that. Right. There just isn't. Isn't it crazy too that the more we burn out, the quicker we burn out the next time? Yeah. Because our gut is like, you've been here before. You've been here before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To the point where like we were even just talking before this and you're like, yeah, my threshold for, you know, BS is so small now. Mm -hmm. But it is because I feel like we put up with so much for so long, but that by the time you've burnt out enough, you really don't have the patience to even put up with that Mm -hmm. anymore. So it's almost even like your spirit telling you, this is not right for me. And I'm going to, I'm going to show it to you Mm -hmm. harder and harder every time until you listen to me for real, Mm -hmm. because we can't keep doing this anymore. It's so true. It really is like, (laughs) I always thought I could like outthink any of my ailments and like I would burn out and I'd be like, oh, I'm so stressed. I'm so overwhelmed. I got to like clear out something in the schedule. And then like I would clear out a little bit and then I would be, you know, flatlining again, but I wouldn't be under, I wouldn't be in the red. And then something would happen and then it would, the burnout would be like, now I have a stomach issue and then I would, you know, get a little bit better and then burn out again. And then I have stress hives, exactly like you're saying, like your body will tell you and then it will yell at you. Yes. Until you listen. Exactly. Oh my God. If I just listened earlier. Isn't that crazy? Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, everything was so cliche. You said it right to my face. Like authenticity is key as such. All these cliches that we hear that we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then later down the line, after you've learned the painful lesson, you're like, yeah, that authenticity, it really is key. It sucks (laughs) because people have been telling us cliches since we were born. Yes. And I don't think that we can fully understand them until we've like fully felt them. Yes. Which is so unfortunate because they, you know what it is? They're giving us the manual, but we don't know how to read. So we're just like, thank you for these words. Sounds nice. Wow. We haven't even gotten in the car yet. We have a manual to a car. We haven't even gotten in and tested out ourselves. Yeah. We can't go anywhere. (laughs) So on a positive spin (gasps) to that, I would love to hear what systems have been working for you that pulled you out of those places where you were burnt out, where Mm -hmm. you were like, oh, I get it now. And this is good. Let me keep moving towards this. When you say this is good, like thinking that the burnout is good, that it's happening or what? Thinking that like, let's say you burned out Mm -hmm. and you now find this system or a, a new standard for yourself that you start following and you realize that this is actually the way I need to be moving. Mm. And I wasn't th- like what you did to be aware of, oh, that was burnout. I can't do that anymore. And mm. now this new thing is working for me. What have you found those things are? Ooh, like practical takeaways in my experience. Yes. Whether that be like Ayurveda mm-hmm. or, you know, any other things that you, are really sticking to right now. Definitely Ayurveda has really helped in knowing that I don't need to be going so hard all the time. And once I learned, like there's a quiz that you can take to know your 
your individual like dosha constitution to know like, oh, I'm generally more pitta, which means I already have fire. I'm already a doer, which means I'm prone to burnout. Like knowing these things helps so that I can counterbalance it. So when I know that my pitta is imbalanced, then I just, you know, look at a book or go online and say, how do I like balance my pitta? And it's like, okay, one, you got to chill the fuck out. And it's like, (laughs) oh, so scientifically, I need to calm down. Yes. Got it. So that's helped. Um, Ayurveda for sure. Um, therapy has really helped me. I mean, I can talk for hours about that. Even um, just taking an hour for your, even if you like, is if therapy is not accessible to you, just taking like literally clocking out of your day and putting an hour on a timer and just being with your feelings and asking yourself how you're feeling. Maybe you can journal or talk to a friend, but like, really sit with how you're feeling, feeling it in my body of like, what are the sensations? That's really helped. Um, breathing takes me out of a burnout situation. Exercises. Yeah. And I'm like not good at that, but I just go on YouTube and find like a guided breath work or even a guided meditation. And it's usually the days that I really don't want to do those that I really need it the most. Um, and then other than that, other things that have helped me in a burnout state. Um, I think the the one that I'm learning right now, which is like a super painful but very clear lesson, is that I cannot do myself out of burnout. Like I can't do another thing mm-hmm. or clean my entire place. I mean, that actually does help to clean my entire place. But like I can't, you know, knock things off of my to-do list to make myself feel less stressed. Wow. Because I look at my to-do list and I go, there's no way I'll be able to get all this done. But maybe if I just do one thing today and it's like, well, I actually don't need to be doing any of it because I am so low and under-resourced that even doing one thing is going to put me back at burnout. Right. Like I have nothing in my cup. Yes. So I think just being aware of like the reality and the gravitas of that I actually don't have anything to give, not even to myself. Yep. I have to just like really understand what that means. And like, I, I guess I don't have the next step to that because I'm in that right now right. of like the master burnout of all burnouts wow. is like happening right now. That's insane. I was like, writing something and have you ever played super mario brothers of course (laughs) absolutely so you know like you defeat all these levels Mm -hmm. but then you get to bowser's castle yes and then there's that like little like twirly like you hit the guy and he becomes like a little twirly turtle shell and then you got to get the wand but you gotta do it three times yes so it's like (laughs) i feel like i'm at bowser's castle burnout right now Mm -hmm. and I really have to take it super seriously or I'm not going to get the coin ship. Right. (laughs) So I got to play my cards right. And like, I need to calm down and just be and not do anything. Yeah. And that's the hardest thing for me as like a pitta dosha of like, I'm so used to doing things. I've been doing my thing, things my whole life. Like I found worth and my like, yeah, my self-worth in some ways of like, I can do more than anyone I know. Right. And I was like, that makes me feel good and yeah. safe and secure because oh, I'm, you know, I'm not drowning. I'm doing it. I'm, yeah. it's just like, okay, well, this is where it's gotten you. Wow. And that's not working anymore. You really 
do more than anybody I've ever met. That's what I keep my hearing. And like, <laughs> that's so crazy to hear like face to face because like people have told me that before. And, you know, when I told um, one of the co-founders of HeadGum that I was going to be stopping the podcast, he was saying, you know, it's sad to see you go. Um, you work harder than anyone I know, yeah. but it will be nice to see you work at something that really like fills your soul. Yes. I'm like, yeah, if I, I really do the most, but what if I did the most in the direction that I want to go the right. most? That might be fulfilling. Right. That's crazy and so real. And I even asked you a month ago when I was here, I was like, um, cause I'm in the opposite mm -hmm. state where I'm like, I'm so burnt out that I'd want to do nothing at all. And I can't even bring myself to do anything. And I was like, Megan, how do you, do things right every day so I guess in a way that is healthy are you able do you have any advice for people maybe two ends of the spectrum one when you're feeling really inspired and at your top mm -hmm. and you're like let me get things done what brought you there mm -hmm. and then when you are feeling like oh my god I'm doing entirely too much like what is the immediate thing that you do to cut ties with overworking mm. okay the first one first like when I'm super inspired what what has gotten me to the yes. inspired yes I mean I think it all comes down to like how much do you have on your plate and how much do you have in your cup like mm. what's on the table like when you really think about like this is the let's put all of our cards on the table how much and when I talk about like what's in your cup like how much emotional liquid do you have if you only have like a certain amount are are you giving it to your friends your partner your your work I was giving it all to my work so when I was thinking like why are my relationships failing or why do I feel disconnected from myself or my friends or my partner it's because I'm giving 98% of all of my liquid into work wow like that's not the way that I want wanted right. to live and so which is filling your plate. You're pouring right. your cup out and Into it's spilling my plate. all over your plate. Right. And like, <laughs> right. yes, it's spilling because it's yes. a plate. It's not a bowl. Right. It's just, oh my God. It was, it was just, I was not aware of the cycle of all of it. But when I have enough to give, it's because I have enough to give. Mm, like you have things pouring back into you. Yes. Like when right. I have enough resources of connection with friends or downtime or like I have enough time to like pet my cat. Yeah. Or like feed my cat like good food instead of just like, you know, here's this thing all over the ground. Like right. sometimes it doesn't even get in the bowl. Like I'm like, okay. Wow. Like it's intense. I'm moving too yes. quickly. Like this is not what humans were, you know, ever supposed to be operating yes. like but we've gone so far from what's natural that it's confusing and now that's the work that I'm doing is like okay backtrack what what actually do I want my life to look like yeah. but to stay on topic and answer your question when I have enough resources and I feel inspired because I have the mental capacity for mm. it then I'm able to daydream Wow. And think of like exciting things versus kind of right now, to be honest, like I'm in a depleted state where it's like, it's kind of like survival mode. Yeah. So in my times where I would be daydreaming, instead of daydreaming ideas or like business plans or what I could do, it's everything that I have to do oh, to survive. Wow. It's a lot because like 
we all You're have- replacing daydreams with day worries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. 100%. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same. It's the same coin, two different sides. Mm-hmm. And it, you can so easily oscillate between both of them if you're not careful. Exactly. And I think what I'm learning is one, my threshold of what I can actually handle and how to balance that. Wow. Which has been like the lifelong journey. Like so many of these podcast episodes are about burnout and about work-life balance. Right. And I, I don't think it, I'm taking it serious until, you know, like my health, physical and mental is on the line. Absolutely. So in terms of moving on, because this is the stage I feel like we are in right now. And one with like the two of us both feel this way, but on a worldly level, I think everyone is, you know, the analogy we brought up of like, you're walking, you're in the lobby of the new level, but actually we're still on our way up and the elevator broke and Mm -hmm. now we have to take the stairs and the stairs are actually backwards escalators. Right. Like we know that we know where we want to go. We want to be at the penthouse, but we can't get there. There's so many things on the third level. There's like construction on the fourth level. There's vomit in the corner. (laughs) Like, Oh my God, there's all these different obstacles to get to where we want, but like we're still climbing. Yes. So how do you know when it's time to move on? And that can be mm-hmm. in whatever way you want to take it, whether it's from a person, from a job, from a lifestyle. I know burnout obviously is like probably something that we're going to keep coming back to. Like that is the word. But what do you have any other signs of just time to move on and time to go to the next thing? I think friction is the word that comes to my head the quickest. Mm. Like if there's so much friction that it, it is becoming painful to move forward, that is a sign that something needs to go. Wow. Like if you can't, I feel like w- walking briskly or running are the only, it's either walking briskly, running or sitting down. Those are like the three movements that I feel like I want to do. I never want to be like trudging through something. I never want to be like pulling my feet, dragging my feet. So it's like if you're in a situation where it feels like you can't freely move or freely sit, then then it feels like something needs to change Yes, because now it's just slowing you down. Wow. Yeah. Great analogies. <laughs> Thank you. It, Wonderful it, answer. It also. feels it feels so real to me. That's that's the one thing. I think there's two sides to like moving on. That's like the friction side, but then I feel like there's also like a releasing side that yeah. I've also experienced in dance, for example, like when I when I was performing live there was a moment where there was so much friction and anxiety that I wanted to quit because it just wasn't fun for me. Yeah. But I knew I wasn't ready to quit because yeah. there was just something, it was just like, I was, I didn't know what it was. But then after I put out, I think it was like World of Dance San Diego in like, I don't know, 2015 or something. Wow. I might've gotten the dates wrong. Who knows who cares? But it was like my last performance because I felt so proud of what I had put out. Wow. Like I, me as a, a dancer artist, it was like, I wasn't just, I remember like when I was performing, I wasn't doing like class demos. And a lot of people, when they went on, on stage, they would do like, you know, in the very mm-hmm. beginning, it was like mm-hmm. a 45 second, like here's like a class 
yes. solo. Yes. And then it became like more performance based of like crews, but no one was really doing like full like concept. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was like the thing that I felt really strongly about right. that. Like it needs to be a, a whole piece, a whole concept. And when I did the last show that I did, I felt really proud of it because like there was like a sketch element, there was comedy, there was a kind of a solo bit, but then there was a group piece. Like it really felt like cohesive. Right. And I also, I had like the biggest panic attack before that one, but it was like the the last panic attack I will ever have because I felt at peace mm. with the piece itself. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yes, that represents who I am as an artist yeah. from a dancing perspective. And then I was, I like let it go. It was like, now I feel okay about that because it showed, I think how I felt about my art. Yeah. And then with video, with dance videos, after I did the last one as well, If the World Was Ending, which was so completely different than, you right. know, all the other hip hop versions that I've done before, it was like, I proved to myself that I wasn't just like one specific type of, you know, obviously each dancer has their own style. Right. And that was like not my style, but it had like elements of, you know, like obviously like me and Jake choreographed it. So yeah. like it has me in it. Um, and I just felt really proud of the editing of it. I felt really proud of like what we created and it that was, was a beautiful video. Thank you. I, I really am like, I really love that one. And it felt really good to be like, I feel at peace right. because I think once I get to a specific place, and that's honestly kind of how I feel about the podcast of like it, I stick with it and I evolve with it mm -hmm. until it feels like it matches up with how I see myself and wow. my art. Wow. Yeah. And, and it feels like it's no longer, I mean, there could be friction with all of these things, but really it's a, I've reached the place that I feel like it deserves to go. Yeah. And then I can I can send it off because like it has gratitude attached to it and right. it has like empathy and integrity and like everything that I feel like my essence is. Right. That is now like immortalized and now I can close that chapter because I feel I feel good about it. Right. I like the idea of just seeing it through. Mm. Like letting yourself feel it out at every single stage. And because I think so many people start things and then they stop mm. because maybe there is friction. But I think something I've admired about you is you have felt friction in areas. So then you changed mm. the position. Like I keep going back to analogies, but all I'm imagining is like you wearing fuzzy socks, walking through a carpeted house and then going to turn on the light and just getting electrocuted. Right. Rather than being like, well, I could just take my socks off and I won't shock myself next time I go turn the light on. So it's like you've tried everything. And then at the end, if you're still getting electrocuted, it's like, I need to rip these damn floors out. Like, I don't need carpet. I need hardwood. Right. And that is what I need, you know? So I think you've done a really good job of feeling the friction out. And this is like a good lesson for everyone to take away is like feel out the friction mm -hmm. and see if it is bringing you to where you want to go or if it really is just stopping you in your tracks but I admire that you go full circle with things and Thanks. you let it 
die naturally of natural causes of natural causes yes yeah I like that idea too like if you have friction maybe that is a sign to maybe friction is making you slow down to look at it and see do we need to go a different direction can we change anything to make this a little bit more you know enjoyable for everyone yeah or do we need to Get different floors. Yes. But yeah, maybe there's a reason. I mean, I guess, you know what? There is probably a reason for all the friction in in life. You just have to find out what that is. Right. The resistance. Mm -hmm. Identify where that resistance comes from. Exactly. And then go from there. Wow. I love that. That's such a good lesson too. It's so easy to just think something's uncomfortable and then stop Mm -hmm. or even just like keep pushing through pain and realizing like... Why am I Mm -hmm. bruised up right now? And Mm -hmm. it's like, because you keep running into something that is in your way and you won't just move it out of your way because you want it there so bad. That was me. Right? Like, why am I stubbing my toe? Why are we doing this? My toes (laughs) hurt. Oh my God. And then you get like heavier duty shoes so that when you do run into it, it doesn't hurt, but you're still running into it. So what do we need to do? We got to take out the blockage. Take out the blockage. Ugh. I love these analogies. Me too. I'm having so many visuals <laughs> go in my head right now. This is incredible. You're writing a full new book. I really am. <laughs> June's of Megan. <laughs> Shoot. That's not the one. Shoot. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Um, so I guess another question, because turning your dreams into reality sounds so romantic. Yeah, it does, huh? It sounds so good. (laughs) Like, yeah, just make money from your passions. But as we've talked about, you know, you can get burnt out from that. So one, you know, do you have any tips about following your dreams? And Mm. then two, do you have any cautionary tales about Mm. maybe trying to turn something, a hobby into... Mm income that wasn't necessary as well like do you have a pros and cons of following your dreams I love that question so much because I am prone to making everything a business right and I'm realizing through the letting go of this chapter of my life is that when I stop commodifying things that I love I get to love them again right and I didn't realize that like with dancing Mm -hmm. when I needed to, you know, do whatever, teach a class, make a performance, do a thing. 
it wasn't fun anymore because it was like my livelihood. I needed to mm. book a job. Like Justin Bieber needed to hire me or else I wasn't paying my rent. Yes. Like how can I love something if I'm like desperate in it? Like scarcity mindset around Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's what's really hard about like following your dreams in the beginning is that you are desperate. Yeah. Like it is a desperate space because you so badly want to be living your dream and you're not. Yeah. And that's really hard. And so I think that like, I guess what I'm going to tell myself because I'm also making a career change and now I'm back in desperation mode of like, how am I going to make this my life? Like, I don't know. And I think the only thing that I do know is you have to take the first step however you can. Right. And I mean, for me, like now that I'm 30 and I'm getting into like a different set of waters, I guess, is like the, the entry level to the profession I'm trying to get in is like so expensive that I, I have to work with other people mm -hmm. monetarily now mm -hmm. because I can't afford it. Right. So it's like, that is a lesson that I'm learning. One, I needed to learn this a long time ago is that like, I can't do it alone and I never mm. should have, but I found, I felt so much pride in being able to do something myself Yes, that, that was like fueling me. And what I'm learning One now, man team, I can do it all. I do everything. It's like, who am I trying to impress? Yeah. Like what? Like, even if I'm impressing myself, I'm also like killing myself yep. by doing it. And I'm realizing that also like working in collaboration, better ideas happen yeah. all the time. And I, I think I was so dead set on being in control that it was like, I can handle, I mean, it's also like when you're in elementary school or like middle school and you're doing all the project for the whole team, because like, you know, that your deadbeat student, like yep. co-students, what are they like? Classmates, peers, <laughs> co-students, <laughs> collab students. That like they're not going to pull the weight, but it's still your grade. So you're going to do all the work yeah. because you have to get an A or else you're going to get grounded. Yes. Like I've been used, I've been primed to do all the work from an early age. Right. And so that just like turned into this kind of like one man machine um, that cannot work that way. And so what I'm learning is working with other people that have similar dreams mm. or the same goal, maybe yeah. in the end, but do different things is the only way that this can happen right. <laughs> for a long-term thing. Right. Like you cannot do it alone. And it's also actually not fun yeah. if you do it alone. And what uh, I kind of like what you said too, about not being able to afford it. Like mm. I think this is now a personal Taylor Jade <laughs> advice. Um, having income on the side so you can mm -hmm. get something done. And although your income that you make is different than how other people's would go, I think that is something to point out is that a lot of people can't afford mm -hmm. to turn their dreams into reality. So it is also important to have something mm -hmm. that can relieve either relieve expenses for you, whether that's other people investing mm -hmm. with you and it isn't just you or it is having some sort of side income. I feel like that's so helpful. 100%. Every time that I was changing my career to follow my dream, I could never afford it. And it's just wow. now that I'm getting older, the stakes are higher. Wow. But like in the very beginning when I was dancing, before I was dancing, I was in college for graphic design and I was like, oh, I want to be a professional dancer. But I, that means I have to move to LA. I don't know anybody in LA. I, I have to get enough money for a ticket and an apartment. So I worked four jobs. Wow. I worked at Einstein Bagels 
I worked at Carolina oh, Ale House. Like such a cute Einstein girl. <laughs> I only worked there for like a little bit because I was supposed to be a barista and like I was so bad at it. I was like, can I just give people their goddamn bagels? bagels? Like, Jesus. Let me just put cream cheese on this, please. <laughs> it was Einstein Bagels, Carolina Ale House. I was working as like a private coach for kids tumbling classes. Wow. And then I was teaching dance classes um, at some Orlando dance studio. So I was like, I had four jobs in order to make enough money for a one-way ticket to LA. That's insane. So like, that's also, I never like remember that because it was, I was 19. Yeah. But that's true. Like I like have always been working my ass off to make my dreams happen. Yeah. And I could never afford them. And then when I was in LA and I, you know, didn't want to dance anymore because I wasn't getting booked. Like I just wasn't working. Yeah. And that was scary because it was like, this was my dream. And I was working right. here and there. But then I found the dance community, which is like, I don't know if people listening like know the the ins and outs, but like there's, you, when you watch a movie or a music video, that's different than like dance classes and yep. competitions. And so I found that. And then that kind of like took off. I found little bits in there where I could make money. World of Dance Weekly, like hosting yeah. a YouTube channel. And then from there, it was like, okay, now I can start teaching dance classes. And then like, I think it only makes sense that your dreams are working if you put everything you have into your dreams. Mm -hmm. And that feels so scary because mm -hmm. it is. Yeah. And like, I wish I could be like, it's going to be, e I could never say it's going to be easy, but like, I, I wish I could say like, it's, it's going to work out because you don't know if it will. Right. But if you put everything in that you have, like when I say everything, I mean like all of your time, all of your energy, yeah. all of your soul's desire and resources and like everything you have to make it work, it will in my experience. Yes, 100%. And I've done it twice. I mean, like from college to dance, to dance, to YouTube. Like when I started YouTube to to become a, a channel that made enough money to pay for rent, like of course that didn't work in the beginning. You have to build a following. Right. And so Obviously, I didn't have the money for that, but I kept doing it yes. and I figured out ways to collaborate with people. I, you know, worked with the algorithm as much as I hate it now. Like at that time, like I, I have hustled my dick off yeah. in like a couple different ways to where it's like this is now going into this next venture of like, you know, doing like homes and properties. Right. Like this is scary as shit. And I don't know if I'm going to make it work, but like, I do know that I'm going to make it exactly. work because I've done it twice and I know that I'll put everything I have into it. That's amazing. And I a hundred percent agree. You have to give it your all or else it's not going to work out for you or it's going to take way longer because you're giving mm -hmm. only a certain percentage mm -hmm. to it because you don't really believe that it is going to work. Like, I feel like people don't give that a hundred percent if they don't believe it. Mm -hmm. But the great thing about you is you always believe that it's going to work. So you're like, there's no other choice. I'm going to make sure it happens. Yeah, I think in the beginning, like when I was 19 and I made the move, like I didn't know that it was going to work, but I told myself there is no plan B. Right. But I did have like a plan C. <laughs> I was like, you know, I'm 19. Yeah. If this doesn't work, I can go back to college. Like I had, you know, obviously it's, I'm still paying for college. Like it's all still up to me. Yeah. But it was like, I'm young enough. Exactly. And I think now that I'm not young enough, um, 
I mean, I'm still young, like 30 is still young, young. but at this point I have enough like life experience Mm -hmm. of failing and making it work that like, I kind of know what it will take, even though it's on a different level this time, I still know like the elements that go into it. And another thing I wanted to say about like making money in the realm of your dreams is like, get creative about the jobs that are in that industry. Mm. Like if you want to like going back to dance, like if we wanted to take dance classes, we could work at a dance studio and you get dance classes for free or at a discounted rate. I don't know. I've never worked at a dance studio, but like you can be in the community making money or offsetting your costs in order to develop your talent in order to use that to become a professional, whatever you want to be. Yeah. That's so good. That's so good. Because you're still immersing yourself in the culture of it. Exactly. And you're you're getting your your hours in, you're becoming more aware and knowledgeable about the subject. Yeah. Versus like working, I mean, like when I was working four jobs, none of them really helped me with dancing except yep. for the substitute substitute teaching job. So technically I could have, you know, done that four times and maybe been quicker. But right. that's not what happened. That's neither here nor there. <laughs> Four jobs is insane. It's too much. So what's the flip side of turning your dreams into a reality? Like, is there a point where you're like, don't do that? Like, or even your, I should say your hobbies, less of your dreams Mm. into reality, more of your hobbies into income is really the question I'm asking. Like, at what point do you need to just enjoy things for what they are rather than making money? Or do you just try it out and try to make money doing it? I think that might be like the best question that has been asked on this podcast because it is the one that I wish that I heard someone talk about Mm. because I have struggled so much with that because everything to me is art and business because I've learned that I have to survive and the only way that I want to survive is by making art. So right now I'm, I'm really trying to decipher like what is for commodity and what is for me? Like I'm, I'm actually trying to figure that out. And I think that the only advice I can give right now is like, yeah, you kind of do have to feel out when it starts becoming not fun anymore. When it becomes a job or when it's work rather than your art making money. Yeah. I, I wish I, I really do wish I had like a better answer for that, but I think it really is so individual to like Mm -hmm. what makes you feel good about producing something that's coming from your hands and your heart of like, does it feel good to write a book? Yes. Then do it. Does Mm -hmm. it feel good to make videos? No, then stop. Like it it really, and I think it can change all the time, but in the beginning, enjoy it for what it is. And then if it feels good, when you start putting it out into the world, then that's a good like indicator Mm. that, okay, then we can go the next step. And I think like what gets really hard is like, for me, I'll have an idea and then I'll instantly like get the Instagram handle and then I'll like Mm. go on Google and get like the domain just so I can have it all just in case I want it. And then the next day I'm like, oh, well, I'm never going to do that. And I have so many, I I just instantly turn what I love into businesses. And I don't know if that's like scarcity mindset or I don't know if that is like 
being lost in my creativity of like, oh, right. anything could be anything. Right. Like maybe that's me being so open-minded. Like I, I don't actually know, but I think what I'm going to tell myself like moving forward is like have something for you that you keep just for you. Mm. And it could still be the same thing. Like say that it's interior design. Like I can still interior design for me and still love it. I mean, but that's the thing. Like, that's like my true, true passion. So I don't, yeah. it's kind of hard to be like d- siphoning it off. Right. But I think like, I think it's a question that you just have to ask yourself of like, is this light or is it heavy? Mm-hmm. Like, is this giving me more energy or is it draining it? Is right. it taking the love out of design? Yeah. Is it taking the, the love out of the book mm, that's good yeah I think it's just like once the love starts leaving mm-hmm. that will tell you whether or not that should just be for yourself or for yeah I was gonna say inventory but that's <laughs> what I'm looking for yeah it's like yeah if it if it's losing the joy that's the thing just don't lose the joy mm-hmm. in whatever you're doing and I remember telling an old assistant of mine um, like pick something that you want to, that you can do for 16 hours. Like that should be the job. Like it, you should love something that so much that you could do it for 16 hours and like go to bed happy. Wow. And like, that is how I feel about building houses and designing. But at the same time, you shouldn't be working 16 hour days. <laughs> Period. <laughs> As much as I'm over here like, yes, what can I do for 16 hours? Yes. Like, why are we trying to exactly. work 16 hours in the first place? That's what I, that's you also what I had to tell that. myself. Man, I hope that was a good enough answer. I that feels great. It's because I'm like trying to also figure that out. Yes. And that's what's so hard about that situation is like, I'm, I'm actually feeling that out right now. Wow. But I think that's what's important is like to know that you have to feel it out to know that answer. Yes. I like, I just love, you know, the joy has to be there. It's has so to. simple. Yeah. I like that we had, we talked through it and then we, we got there. Yeah. But that is super real. Like if you don't love it anymore, that's just a job. And at that point you don't need to be doing it anymore. And I know I feel that way about dance and you feel that way about dance where it's like, okay, if I'm going to do it, it's because I want to do mm-hmm. it. Not because anyone's paying me to do it. And in fact, if you want to pay me, I might not do it. Right. Yeah, I it's so important to to have something like that. And that's what I was saying earlier is like as soon as I decided like I don't need X to make money or I don't want to make money doing this, then it's so it's the pressure is off and you're free. And I think that's like that is the feeling that I'm going towards right now in every aspect of my life is like this freedom. Wow. Of like I just want to feel free. And if my job is not making me feel free, then that's not a job I want to be in because like I am only in this body for however long I am. And I understand how this world works and that money, even though it's a made up concept, everyone accepts it. And this is how we have to live. And I get that. However, can I play the game of money by doing something I love? Mm -hmm. I think I can. Yeah. And that's what I'm doing. Wow what I'm trying to do, you know, I'm transitioning. (laughs) Well, as the unofficial future um, (laughs) ex-host, should we take a commercial break? Oh my God, fun. (laughs) 
<laughs> Did I do it right? Yeah, that was amazing. Sweet. Wow, yay. You have some great answers to these questions. <gasps> wow, thank you. Of you have course. some great ass questions. Thanks. Let me see which ones I want to get into next real quick. Oh yeah, no, these are good. Okay, I have I definitely have some more. I'll ask a fun one after this so we can break it up a little bit. <laughs> okay. It's very, very light. Ooh, okay. It's been a long time since I've ha- asked a light question on this pod. I love it. Yeah, it's just whatever. <laughs> Are we ready? Yeah. Okay. Dun, 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 dun. This is not anything, but do you have a most memorable guest? Oh my God. Why? Ooh. Ow. Crunch just bit me. <laughs> um, a most memorable guest. Yes. Oh my God. Um, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say like, I would say I have a most memorable, I have most memorable mottos from a couple Mm. of guests. So I think one of them that like really switched my mind up was this woman, Christina. She had said, um, she had asked the question, what else is possible? Mm. And when she had said that, I was like in a moment where I was very unhappy in what I was doing and obviously continual burnout. And she was like, yeah, what else is possible? And I was like, holy shit. I have been looking in one direction for so long, thinking that 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 was the only direction. Like I have like made this like really nice, comfortable seat for myself to look out at the horizon. But I but it wasn't on wheels and it wasn't a swivel chair. So I was like, oh, this is nice. And this is, I don't want to move from here because I built this chair myself and I love it. And like, it's a really nice chair. And like, I get a lot of compliments on this chair and I feel comfortable and safe in this chair. But I wasn't looking at the other directions that I could be facing. Wow. And so when she said, what else is possible? I was like, damn, yeah, I'm pretty actually unhappy in this chair because I've been sitting here for so long that now the cushion is flat. And now actually the view is kind of shitty because I'm uncomfortable in this chair that I made for myself. Wow. Yeah. And so when she said that, it kind of opened my mind up to what else is possible. What would it be like if I did love my morning routine? What would it be like if I did have enough time for my friends? What would it be like if I actually cooked for myself again and enjoyed that instead of thinking it was a chore. All of these things that I wasn't paying attention to because I was so focused on the next step. Wow. And I didn't look at what was around me. That was super pivotal. Wow. So simple too. Right? What else is possible compared to like, ugh, what else? Right. Like, ugh, but what about this? Like, yeah, it's such a simple question that mm-hmm. is vague enough to always work mm-hmm. in any scenario that you ask it. Exactly. And I think that it works too as creatives because like imagine you're on set and you know somebody doesn't show up yes. or a prop breaks and it was like a key motherfucking prop that you needed and you have to make it work. Like if yeah. you're directing this video, like it's on you to make it work. Right. And if instead of going, what are we going to do? Who's available? Mm. Asking your, like, first of all, taking a breath <laughs> and then asking yourself, what else is possible? Like we have a broken prop. What if we mm. X? What it's, it's basically like improv, like yes, ending something instead of instantly cutting it off. Mm. It, you're now opening up 
to so many more possibilities to something that could be better. And what I'm realizing too is like something will happen, will go wrong at this property project that I'm working on. Like maybe um, like the tile is too expensive or something broke or we don't have enough time to paint this thing that. And it's like every time that something happens in my initial like sketches and ideas, it's like, oh my God, then my design isn't good. This is what I said. This is what I want. But in the end, something happened and something broke or something pivoted and changed. And in the end, it's cooler and more innovative because I had to get creative. And what I'm learning is like, that's why I'm not too scared to go like voluntarily into this, like um, a little scary scarcity kind of desperate like energy again. Like every time I, I change careers, it's scary. And the reason why I'm not scared this time, one, because like my track record with myself is trustworthy. Yeah. But wow. two, I'm realizing that when you have nothing, you get more creative. Right. And that's when really cool shit happens because you surprise yourself because you're you have to be resourceful of what you do with what you do have. Yes. And it's always interesting to see what your brain can come up with when it's put to the test. I also love that you said my track record is trustworthy. Mm. Like, wow. Mm. That is amazing to say, one, about yourself, and two, to reaffirm yourself when you are making the step to go into something new is like, okay, well, have I made good decisions in the past? Most people probably will say yes. Mm -hmm. Like, I do trust myself when I follow the thing I tell myself I should do it works. So, wow. That's just another good. Yeah. And I'm we've gotten this far, myself. right? Like we've gotten, we've all gotten this far by making decisions for us. Yeah, And you know, some of the decisions in retrospect, maybe they didn't make sense, but they got you here. Yeah. So clearly you did something right. Right. And if you just keep trusting that and keep going in that direction, right? how can you fail in yeah. the end? Like maybe you'll have like minor setbacks, but that's not failing. Failing is like one, not trying is failing because you're not doing anything. So you're failing at doing something, (laughs) but also like any quote unquote failure. And I think this is another motto that I've taken, like failure is feedback. Yes. We have a whole episode that we did on it. Wow. Here we are again. Here we are. Circle. It really is. It's just more information. (sighs) And that's what, that's another thing that I want to tell myself in this moment anything that's happening to me, whether I'm burning out or having stress hives or anxious or, you know, depleted, whatever. These are one real emotions that I should definitely have time and space to feel Mm. at the same time. It's more information Mm -hmm. about myself. Mm -hmm. And all that can do is help us put ourselves in a better position because now we just have more information of what doesn't work for us. Exactly. That's all that is. That's so beautiful. Wow. So, why now to stop? Ooh. Why is this the perfect time for you to close a chapter? I feel like those two sides of the spectrum that we were talking about of closure, of feeling really proud that something has come to the fruition of how I see my artistic self Mm -hmm. and my authentic self, and allowing it to release 
and at the same time, the friction of this is holding me back in a in the direction that I want to now go now that I'm a different version of myself. Mm. It's both one in the same. Like I'm so proud of where this podcast has come from where it started. Like I think it is helping so many creatives and people listening not feel alone. Mm-hmm. And like, I feel like it's a good depiction of like the human experience because it's happening as we're talking about it. You know, it's not like a lot of the things I talk about with guests that I was having in the past, like all the self-development guests, like my guests stopped becoming like my friends or um, like comedians. And they really became like experts in their field Yeah, because I started to ask questions about this is how I'm feeling. Like what, please help me. Yeah, Like it, it was less self-help and like, please help. <laughs> and so it, I feel like I had gotten to a place where I and the people listening have gotten these nuggets of wisdom that are what we need in order to run on our own with that. Yeah. It's almost as if like someone had like a, like if this podcast was like giving out gold coins and now we can take those gold coins and invest them. And now we can build our bank because yeah. we started with a coin. And I, I don't feel, I no longer feel like that I need to generate all these coins because I think I feel strongly that in the past year, there's been really good information that is all we might need to set us on the right path. And so it feels like it's closed itself up in a way. Mm -hmm. And now that I have like, now that I have these coins, now I, I want to take my own advice and do the thing that I would be you know, giving advice to other people of follow your dreams and don't do what doesn't serve you. And if it's, you know, slowing you down from this new version of yourself, stop it. So that's what I'm doing. Like as much as I loved, like truly the podcast has changed my life because I've been able to really articulate all of my thoughts and feelings and fears and get help from people that I would have not had access to. Yeah. And through me, I have been, and the people and the guests and my friends and people like you coming on and sharing their stories, been able to help whoever might tune in for whatever it might be. Like, I feel really good about that, just like I felt with the dance chapters. Like, it's that same feeling of like, I'm proud of what it's become and I think it's helped and now I release it. Wow. Yeah. That's beautiful. My last question is a a part A and B. Okay. The part A is what's next for Megan Batoon in this <gasps> next chapter? Interesting that question. Means. It doesn't have to mean like, what's your next business endeavor? Yeah. But like, what is next for Megan? Oh, I love that as a human. Yes. Thank you for clarifying that because instantly like – Anytime that I would go on podcasts and it was like, okay, promote your thing. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, as soon as you asked that, I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. This is my hopeful business plan. Obviously haven't made the shift yet. Um, But as a human, I I love that question so much more because I think it's the first time that I am at a place where I'm putting myself as a human first. Mm. 
Hmm. I think in my entire life, it's always been achievement and goal oriented. Uh, You know, ever since I was in elementary school, like make the honor roll and be in the gifted class and become cheerleading captain and become the leader of this and secretary of that or whatever. What vice president? I was secretary. I don't even remember. Literally. Wow. LOL of a national, <laughs> like, what was it? No, it was not national. It was Spanish Honor Society. And like, oh I gosh. can barely speak Spanish. So like, come on. Did I really need to be vice president? <laughs> um, no. Uh, <laughs> so. You talked your way into that one. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully in Spanish. <laughs> um, but yeah, all these like leadership positions that I've like found myself in. I've never like taken lead of my life mm. as like my one life. Wow. And so I think as scary as it is to like, kind of put business on the back burner, maybe not the back burner. They're like co-burners. Yep. They're side by sides. <laughs> <laughs> the smaller burner. Yeah. Is like, I really am focused on getting me as a person um, healthy physically and mentally, because if that is not there, everything will crumble anyway. Yep. So I really want to really, really want to feel true joy in my life and true presence and like intention and connection with everyone in my path with every feeling that I have. And I don't know what my life will look like in the next year because it's, you know, I'm drastically changing it. I'm moving to the desert. I'm quitting a lot of what I've spent my 20s building. So I'm not sure. But I, the only thing that I am positive about is that that is the right direction for me. Wow. I don't know how, but it is so clear in my soul that that is it would you have ever thought that you saying I don't know what's next and I'm clear on that in the in the same Mm -mm. sentence like having clarity and not knowing Mm -hmm. sounds like an oxymoron for you Mm -hmm. and I feel like you really deserve that and I was talking to my mom about this the other day too like I, I was trying to phrase it you know, when you're venting, you're like, I have nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This got taken away and this. And she was like, it just sounds like a clean slate. Yes. Me. I was like, damn. Yeah. A clean plate. Like you get yes. to now decide what gets put on your plate compared to people just keep giving you these plates. And mm. it's like, clear it, clear it, clear it. And you're like, I don't even like what's on this plate right yes. now. So now you get to chef boyardee yeah your own plate that's so funny you say that I was talking to my friend the other day about this is a concept that like I whenever I write an art it would not be writing but whenever I create like an art feelings book which like I want to do at some point in my life but like you know you gotta live first (laughs) art feelings wow yeah there's there's something there obviously we'll talk about it since you are one of my favorite authors Um, I just think it's so cool. Like the fact that you wrote a book one is so cool because that's not easy Two, for it to be good. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Wait, we're not talking about me. Oh my we're God. talking about you. Okay, tell me, tell me. Wait, tell okay, me. so here's here's the concept. Yes, Speaking about the plates. Concept. So here, have you ever been to like a golden corral or like yes. a buffet? Yes. So when you, I don't know if this is how you buffet, but me growing up as a kid, buffeting was like the Mecca. Yes. So I would get like my tray. Mind you, all the food is there. It's been there for hours. Like probably shouldn't have been there for so long. But it's there. It's been there and it will be there. The food is there. Why am I making a mountain of fried chicken and jello and a side salad I know I'm not going to eat, but it would be nice and a roll here and a rib there and a pizza there. Like what the fuck is this meal that I've like franken bitted my way into eating. Yes. I could have gone up for one plate and had a salad. Yes. Then gone up for a second plate and had a whatever. Third plate chicken, fourth plate pizza, fifth plate jello. Like I can just make, yes. I can continue to have as many plates as I want. Why am I putting everything that I think that I want on one plate at one time? Wow. The food will be there. That's, Bars, big bars. (laughs) Right? And so what, like to answer your question and to add on to that, what I'm trying to do now is is not piecemeal my meal. I'm trying to conceptualize what do I want to taste? What's going to satiate and satisfy me? What's going to nourish me from a cellular level? What's going to make me like, oh, like so decadent because of the flavors that are intentionally put in there together to like- accumulate to a very specific intentional dish. Wow. That is the life I'm creating. I'm no longer, you know, throwing things all together and calling it my life. Yeah. I'm redesigning from the ground up what I want to be eating, what is going to nourish me. That's beautiful. Wow. (laughs) Big bars. Big bars. I always have like a journal of things that I bring home with me after talking to you. Okay. I have a final part B. It's my part B question. (laughs) My final part B. My final part B, which is what do you hope is next for your listeners? Whether that be with (sighs) you or on their own, Mm -hmm. like what do you want for the people who have been tuning in this entire time? First of all, I hope that they've gotten, I think, I mean, I was going to say like they've gotten anything out of this, but I think that that is an older voice of mine that Mm -hmm. is like trying to downplay actually my work. Mm -hmm. So I think that this is a very helpful space. And I think what I'm hoping that they take away from it are these like moments and concepts, like mottos and concepts that they can take their coin and invest it Mm, and like water that seed. And like, remember these things whenever they come to these crossroads, maybe they haven't made a career transition before. Maybe they've never burned out before. Like, but like this podcast being here, to refer back to whenever they come into those positions in life. I'm hoping that this can be like maybe inspirational of like, it's okay to not know where you're going, but Mm. if you're clear on what you want and what you need after doing all of the self inventory and and the look at your life and what's on your plate, 
to realize that it is in your control and you can make it happen and it will be scary. But if you trust yourself, then it will all be fine. Wow. And to like, if you're making a leap to your dreams and you're scared, me too. Right. Yeah. Wow. That is beautiful. And I'm so excited I got to be here to ask you these questions because I do feel like you don't get to have people ask you them, but I am always just thinking like, what would Megan say? What would Megan do? (laughs) Like, honestly, I really do even live my life, not like obviously always thinking that, but (laughs) I do revert back to you and a lot of things because I I do see you move so gracefully mm. or at least you know to me it feels so graceful all of these transitions that you've done and even you know sitting in your gorgeous house that is different every single time <laughs> that I come here it's just so amazing to see you consistently changing and always going closer mm. to who you are rather than you're trying to figure it out and you're getting farther. Like you really are just always consistently coming into yourself. Thank you. And that's how it that. feels. I, I, that's the reason I wanted you to host this because I, I never do like, ha- I never have the space to like say all these things. Right. And I feel like you are the, the right person to ask the questions that, people want to know because Mm -hmm. I feel like when we speak, we are able to have moments where we can share our experiences and we're in different places, but we have a similar mentality of like what's important. Yeah. And so I'm so happy that the listeners got you as the host for the very last episode. It's still crazy to even believe this is your last one. Right? Oh my God, what's next? Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> well, thank you truly, everyone, for listening for the past three years. We've come a long way, and I don't know what's next, but whatever it is, we'll see you there. It's going to be great. Love you. It's just a tip. It's just a tip. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That was a headgum podcast. <laughs>